Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins. Going solo this week, we couldn't get our schedules aligned. Me and Trey Lyle couldn't get our schedules uh, set up this week to record an episode together. So you just get me, but we do have a special guest coming up in just a few minutes because college baseball season is upon us. We have been waiting a long time for real meaningful baseball games. Of course, we talk about Major League Baseball and college baseball on this podcast, so we've been waiting uh, for for just meaningful baseball games, doesn't matter what level it is, for a long time, and now we get college baseball starting today, this Friday, a uh, full weekend of series all across the country. It's going to be a really exciting, really fun weekend, and of course, as Trey and I are both graduates of Virginia Tech, we are Virginia Tech fans, we want to look at the Hokies and what we can expect from them this season as they take the diamond. Uh, of course, they had a terrific season in 2022, one of the best in program history, if not the best in program history. Uh, hosted a regional, went to a super regional, fell just short of making it to the College World Series, but a fantastic season in 2022. Couldn't exactly uh, recreate that success last year, but there are high hopes for the team this year as they get ready to take the field in 2024. Uh, a lot of hype around the team, a lot of excitement around the team. They're feeling good. The coaches are feeling good. And uh, I think that the, this team is capable of doing a lot, maybe replicating that 2022 season. So here to help us break down what we can expect from the Virginia Tech Hokies on the baseball field this year is the voice of the Hokies, Evan Hughes. We're so excited to have the voice of Virginia Tech baseball joining us this week to talk a little bit of Hokies baseball as the college season is getting ready to start just around the corner coming up this weekend. Evan Hughes, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us this week. Matt, thanks so much for having me back. It's always fun to get to do this with uh, you and Trey right before the season starts. And here we go. The best three months of the year. College baseball is back. Hokie baseball is back. And so excited to get things rolling on Friday. I told Trey last week before we dive into to Virginia Tech and what to expect this year. I told Trey last week that this is like the best time of year for sports because you had the Super Bowl last week. We got college baseball starting MLB coming up with spring training. You get March Madness coming up. The Masters in a couple of months. NASCAR gets started if you're into that. This is a really good time for sports all around. It is a great time. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head with, I mean, the Masters coming up, March Madness, college baseball starting. You know, pitchers and catchers are reporting here soon, right, for Pro Bowl. Uh, you're right, NASCAR, something I've gotten into the last couple of years. Uh, that's what that officially starts this coming Sunday. So it's a great time of year for sport. I think the toughest part is like July and August. But yeah. this is, still, you know, the NBA, I'm not a huge NBA guy, but that's ramping up. So plenty of sports to go around right now. But as we look at Virginia Tech, so the Hokies, 2022 historic year, arguably the best year in program history. 2023 not really able to replicate that success as you look at this team ahead of 2024 with the season coming up what are the the vibes around the team what's the feeling around the program as they get ready for this season I think it is a there are a lot of really good vibes around the program right now and I think 
honestly, my personal opinion is that this team is not getting enough uh, national recognition. And, you know, part of that is, yes, you lose a name like Jack Hurley, you lose Drew Hackenberg, um, you lose some really key pieces, right? The Carson Joneses of the world, um, some some big names, the holdovers from, from 2023, uh, it should be 2022. But I look at this team, Matt, and, and I think there's a lot of excitement for a ton of reasons. Number one, I'm really excited to see this pitching staff. I think that Coach Fecto and Coach Chef feel really good about the arms that they brought in. I just think that some of them, um, maybe the the national baseball fans might not know their names yet, but they will very soon. I think there's a lot of depth on the pitching side. And then secondly, you know, when you return your infield and you have so much power and then what you have in the outfield, I mean, you've got, you know, four or five guys that can start, obviously, for three outfield positions. I think you feel good about the depth on both sides. I think you feel really good about the offense. And then, you know, the, this reminds me personally, Matt, a little bit of 2022. And I hate to, I, I don't want to always compare everything to 22. Every team is their own team. But nobody really knew who Griffin Green was coming into 2022. The only thing that everyone knew about Drew Hackenberg was that, you know, he was the little brother of Christian and the, and the family name. And there was a lot of on even Jordan Gieber. I mean, people forget, you know, he got he, he got into a car accident right before the season started and it kind of set him back. And then towards the end, he's starting the winner take all game to go to Omaha and it really become solidified that spot in that number three role. So a long winded way of answering your question, I think there's a lot of good vibes. I think there's good leadership. There's good experience and vets on this team. We're coming off a baseball night in Blacksburg over the weekend. I got a chance to really see the guys and they're loose. They're excited. And they've got a great opportunity too this coming weekend against an underrated Charlotte team. That's, you know, kind of shown they've been a perennial NCAA tournament team the last couple of years. But if I had to pick one word for this team right now, I, I really do think like really good, like the vibes right now heading into opening weekend. That's a good way to be. Yeah, definitely. That's great to hear. Great to hear that the the team is feeling that way. Uh, you mentioned the pitching depth, and that's one thing I read Coach Chef saying. He's really excited about the depth of the pitching staff this year. But one thing that if you look at the team, it, you could be a little bit concerned about is they have zero returning ACC starts from this pitching staff. I mean, how, how are they handling that? How is that, uh, you know, from a, from a, a confidence standpoint, you go out there in an ACC game starting for the first time, that's got to be tough. Yeah, well, again, it, it, going back to 22, right? I remember in 21, Griffin Green got some midweek opportunities out of the bullpen. But then over the summer, he went to the Cape Cod League and he started his Cape Cod League team, their their team in the championship game of obviously, you know, one of the most prestigious summer ball leagues. And I remember Coach Chef harping on that, right? Like how big is that, that that team is trusting Griffin in that spot? And he came back with a lot of confidence and, I think the other thing too, Matt, is you know even though you haven't had anyone against ACC arms or start against you know an ACC team, you know starting games right is something in the world of analytics nowadays that you know, of course it does matter and having that experience. But you know look at the Tampa Bay Rays in in baseball right start a guy two three innings and then that bulk starter comes back out and I think that having the opening three weekends against a sneaky non conference team and then Coach Chef does a great job of this every year where you might look on paper and say, you know, Charlotte, Rhode Island, Stony Brook, but then you do a little bit more homework and you see, I mean, Charlotte is an NCAA caliber team. Stony Brook is an NCAA caliber team. I mean, look no further than two years ago in 2022 when Tech played Wright State 
in one of their three non-conference series. And then boom, there they are in the Blacksburg regional three, four months later. So uh, I think that that's going to be a great opportunity for some of these arms to get experience. And then you look at some guys that could pitch, you know, Jordan Vera coming from Ole Miss. He's got SEC experience. Um, uh, you know, other guys that have pitched in in, in big games, it's been there. Um, I, that's one thing. And I look at the arms they brought in, Matt, even though they might not have started against ACC teams, you've got th- three, four-year guys who have started conference games. And I think more so in baseball, you know, live action and starts are starts, right? No matter who you're facing. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit more of a of a jump up for, you know, going from a mid-major to a high-major. But, um, you know, Ben Watson, a guy, they go on a different side real quick, right? Like, he was one of the best hitters in Division Three, And he, two years ago, in the Coastal Plain League, was the uh, player of the year, right? Playing a lot of D1 guys. He transfers, and he's going to be a big player on this team this year. So, I think a long-winded way of saying those th- first three weekends and the midweeks are going to be very important. And I think Coach Chef and Coach Fecto do a good job at easing those pitchers. And they they really haven't defined any roles yet. You know, I, I'm curious to see what they do this weekend and who starts. They, they've really attacked it as January and February of kind of, you know, open competition. And, and let's see what the guys can do. And we'll evaluate things the week of to see who starts. Um, I think they've got a good idea of who that's going to be. And I think another name to keep an eye on um, in terms of pitching here, getting Brady Kurtner back is a really big deal for this team. He was drafted by the Mets, could have signed Christiansburg High School guy, one of the nastiest breaking balls I've ever seen um, in my years covering baseball. And I think he's a guy who could be stretched into a starter potentially. Instead of being a back end of the road to, uh, of the bullpen, I think he could be a starter. I know they're really high on Griffin Stig, who really came along as a freshman last year down the stretch. So, again, it, it I don't want to keep comparing it to 22, but it does kind of have that feel from a pitching side of where you kind of know what you have from your offense, but what are you getting from your pitching? I, I, I see a lot of parallels 22 to 24 in that regard. Right. Yeah, definitely. And these first three weeks, like you said, it's going to be huge. Uh, get Just getting some feelers out there, seeing how the guys do against the, the non-conference slate before they get into ACC play. Uh, you mentioned a couple guys that are returning while there's not a whole lot of, of starting pitchers returning, but a couple of returners on the team. Is there anyone, you know, any transfers or freshmen or anyone newcomers that the the coaching staff is really excited about this year? Yeah, I think, you know, pitching wise, they've got a lot of, of different pitchers there, you know, like a white parliament that's transferring in from Rutgers who has some experience. Um, Jordan Little from East Carolina. I mean, East is a program that's perennially a super regional team that's been knocking on the door of making a college world series. Madden Clements, a freshman from Butler, Pennsylvania. I know they like him a lot. Ryan Kennedy was a guy that I think was going to have a role on this team last year as a freshman missed all of last year due to injury. I think that's a name that tech fans need to get to know uh, for this year. And then um, David Shoemaker from Penn, another guy with a lot of experience that could come in and throw some innings. And then Brett Renfro, in addition to Madden Clement, two freshman arms that I think that, you know, you could see throw some significant innings this year. Um, So, and I mentioned Jordan Vera from Ole Miss, Jeremy Neff from Richmond, another guy who's a graduate pitcher who's been throwing four or five years. So so that's the thing here, Matt. They, I mean, they really did go out and get guys that have um, a lot of experience and have just seen, you know, been around college baseball for a long time, a long time. Um, And I think that that's, important um and what one more name I, I believe i don't want to forget carson ole transferring from grand canyon i've heard from the coaching staff he has one of the best pitches on the team his change up 
is outstanding. So, I mean, those are just names right off the top that tech fans are going to get to know really quickly. And I think the biggest thing for me, I'm just, I'm curious to see what kind in the first three weeks of the non-conference, what kind of roles those pitchers start in and what it looks like going into that first ACC series against Notre Dame about a month from now. All right. So we'll keep an eye out for those guys as the season gets going here this week. Uh, Carson Demartini mm-hmm. across the board, preseason All-American, like pretty much every publication that covers college baseball has him as a preseason All-American. We know he's coming back from an injury, but what do we expect from him this season? I, I expect Carson to show why he's one of the best hitters in America, why he's one of the best third basemen in America. I, I expect really big things for him. And I, I tell you what, Matt, well, you know, you think about last year for CD, he tears his labrum in the middle of the ACC slate. And he could have sat out, gotten surgery, gotten to rehab right away. But that guy bleeds maroon and orange. Like he loves baseball and he loves his team. And the fact that he was able to continue to hit, hit at a high level through that torn labrum, even though he DH the last month, month and a half of the year, I think that speaks volumes about CD. And it was amazing to me to see him go from being the freshman All-American, the really talented guy on that stacked team in 2022, to being the vocal leader of the team alongside Jack Hurley last year. But, I mean, guys really looked up to Carson as a sophomore last year. And, you know, every time you're around him, he just kind of carries himself with that presence, you know, that, you know, this is, you know, he is one of the the faces of the team. He knows that. He knows that, you know, the team's going to rely on him. He wants to play every game, every inning. Um, And to me, another thing about Carson, too, that he showed me last year, when you're hitting ninth, on a team that's got Nick Bittison, Kate Hunter, Gavin Cross, Tanner Schobel, Jack Hurley. As a pitcher, you know, sometimes, you know, you're attacking those guys one through five differently, a little bit late, uh, different than the bottom of the lineup. But he consistently hit three, four, five last year. And you know pitchers are saving their best stuff for him. And he, the majority of the season, had more walks than strikeouts. When I think Carson Martini. As great as his power is, his glove is, his range at third, I think about plate discipline. He does not go chasing a lot out of the zone. He makes pitchers pitch to him, and he gets out in front of counts very quickly. 2-1, 3-1, he makes them throw him strikes, and he will gladly take a walk if that's what you're going to give him. So the ability to hit multiple spots in the lineup, plate discipline, he can hit for contact, he can hit for power. I think he's a sneaky good base runner. I just think the world of him and his ability, and and I, I think that he really enjoys having that leadership title assigned to him. Uh, and I think he'll also be the first to tell he's really excited about this team and the rest of that infield coming back from last year because I think that's a big strength from a season ago. Yeah, that's definitely huge when you bring back an entire infield like that. That's huge. Uh, as you look at this schedule for 2024, are there any games that, that really jump out to you, games or weekend series that really jump out to you as one that, one that you're looking forward to or one to watch as a fan? Well, number one, again, I, I really am excited about Tech opening with Charlotte. Uh, they they played them last year at home. I mean, they are an NCAA tournament caliber team that can win its conference. And I think it's one of those series when you look back at the resume come 
May or June, you can be like, oh, that's right. Tech played Charlotte to open its year. Look at the season that they had. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think you look at some of the midweek games. Uh, Tech's going to go to JMU the second week of the year, a home and home. JMU's getting better and better in a Sun Belt conference, Matt, that is stacked with all the conference realignment from Coastal Carolina to, um, I mean, I have a Southern Miss, Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, there's some really good teams um, in that conference. And then I think you look at the AC slate. I mean, opening with Notre Dame, March thir- uh, March 8th through the 10th. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, they lost Link Jarrett two years ago. Uh, they bring in um, uh, the, the VCU head coach, uh, Sean Stifler, last year, who I thought did a really good job, all things considered, um, losing. So I think that's going to be a great one. From a broadcast standpoint, Matt, I got to tell you, I'm really excited about Marist coming on March 12th because that was – Coach John Chef's first ever program that he was a head coach of. And he took them to a regional in the late 90s in Tallahassee and had a couple of great games against uh, Coach Mike Martin Sr. And so from from that standpoint, I think that's going to be really cool for Coach to go uh, coach against his team. I mean, you look at the way the ACC starts. Notre Dame, then you go to Louisville, who's perennially really good, but they had a really down year last year. And I'm curious to see early on what the Cardinals look like after such a disappointing 2023, um, you know, Boston College, Pittsburgh, then obviously number one, Wake Forest. Uh, they've, they've reloaded their arms. They're going to be really good. But I think getting – tell you what, Matt, they're so good at their home ballpark. I think getting them at English Field where Tech is so good at and they hit with power, I think that's really big. Um, and then down the stretch to close. North Carolina, Miami, and Virginia, the last three ACC series, is going to be a great way to close things. And I think if Tech can take care of business early on, they're going to put themselves in a position to be right where they want to be with those following three weekends. That's a really tough way to close the season. But you want to be playing your best baseball, as you know, late in the year, and you want to be playing the best teams in the season late in the year. They're going to have the opportunity to do both in 2024. From your standpoint, you know, you're you're doing women's basketball now. You're traveling around to ACC schools, but it's the winter. It's cold. You get to travel around a little bit in the spring. Is there anywhere that you're looking forward to going to? You got Atlanta. You got Louisville uh, or any ballpark that you've been to that you really, really like doing a game from. You know, I, I really enjoy doing games in Chapel Hill. I think UNC's ballpark is just it, it, it's really nice. We've got a really nice setup, really high above home plate so i enjoy uh getting to go to unc i you know that the 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 field at georgia tech the skyline is beautiful it's got all of the tall buildings in downtown atlanta in the background and that field is right in the heart um of atlanta and then um i, I did think from a from a crowd standpoint playing virginia the last weekend of the season is going to be fun um it's a really you know it's a really nice ballpark you get a good turnout Matt, one thing about this Tech team, they have won back-to-back series against UVA for the first time since 99 and 2000. So the last two years have brought some success. The last time Tech was in Charlottesville, uh, it was a crazy come-from-behind win uh, to take the series. And UVA, I think, is going to be one of the better teams in the conference. They've got a lot of returning players. Um, So those are a couple that come to mind first. I'm uh, bummed that I'm going to – um, miss the Boston College series. I love going up there. That's going to be the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament for women's basketball. 
but that's always a fun trip to BC. And I've actually never been to Louisville for baseball. I've heard that that's a really neat stadium. So looking forward to, to checking that one out as well this year. And then of course, when the ACC tournament comes around this year, will be back in Charlotte. So they could start and end the, the ACC season in Charlotte. And that is a beautiful ballpark ballpark where the Charlotte Knights play at uh truest park down, downtown yeah. Charlotte. Man, or uptown, I, I guess I should say. Uptown. Yeah. I always say downtown too. I've gotten, <laughs> yeah. I, first of all, I didn't think about it starting and ending in Charlotte. Uh, hopefully that's not the case, at least for the eighth, the, the, before the postseason, right? right when you get it. Um, I love that ballpark. Don't get me wrong. Durham Bulls stadium, very nice, but there's something about Charlotte just being right in the city. And uh, that is just a fan. Both of them are fantastic places to host the ACC tournament. And um, you know, it's all, it's always a fun time going down there. Obviously you want to, you know, trying to advance out of pool play and we can have another podcast for another time about the structure and how that all works. But uh, yes, the Charlotte Knights stadium, it is first, first class. So I want to talk about this baseball night in Blacksburg that happened just the other weekend. Uh, You've done this event before with the team. You got to talk to hall of famer and Braves legend Chipper Jones before this year, a, a another legend, arguably the best pitcher of all time, Roger Clemens comes to town to speak with the team and at baseball night in Blacksburg. What was that like getting to chat with him? Such a, such a cool moment. First of all, to, to, to see him in person talking to the team, that was really neat. I mean, he gave, you know, 20, 30 minutes, this team speech allowed the guys to ask questions and they asked him some really good ones, you know, just hearing different stories, Matt, that he told the team to even um, how he gripped every pitch. Like he actually picked up a baseball and just seeing that was so cool. Um, and like how he did certain, how he, the mentality he had when he was on the mound, like everything he said was just so cool. He was so gracious with his time. And then, and then on the Q and a at the event, you know, in, in for me, you know, he played, I believe it was the mid eighties to Oh seven was his last year when he went back for this last year, of the Yankees. And so for me, that was a little bit before I started following sports. So I don't have a firsthand account of watching him. But, you know, 350-plus wins, 4,500-plus strikeouts. No pitcher's ever done that. Seven Cy Young's the most ever. You know, he gave a really good answer talking about why he chose to go the college route. He won a national championship playing for Cliff Gustafson at Texas, and I thought that was very interesting, hearing him talk about why he didn't go pro right away at high school when he was scouted by teams. And then one thing I did not know, was that he started for the Red Sox in the 86 Game 6 World Series, the Bill Buckner game. And we talked about that in the Q&A. And he was talking about his recollection of coming out of the game and seeing the clubhouse, the champagne that was open. Uh, they, they were, you know, the trophy was in there. And he was talking about how he remembered saying, that's not right. That shouldn't. And, and then, of course, and, and he gave a really cool answer, too, about how he doesn't understand why um, Buckner gets all of this hate. And he talked about how great he was in 86. And then I think he even came back in game seven and played well. There are so many moments that led to Bill Buckner, the ball going through his legs at first base. So anyways, that was one of the more fascinating stories. Um, And, you know, he, he talked about playing on the Yankees in 2001 and, um, after 9-11, when uh, President George Bush came and threw the first pitch uh, that, you know, that's talked about. And he was you know talking about seeing him wearing a bulletproof vest and warming up in the bullpen and watching President Bush talk with Derek Jeter. And apparently Jeter told him, like, you got to go to the mound. Like, you got to go to the rubber for that. 
and he did. And so, like, he, you know, he had a bunch of of really neat stories. And for back-to-back years for such, you know, a big event for Tech Baseball, its biggest money-making event of the year, to go from Chipper Jones to Roger Clemens, I mean, you know, any baseball fan would love to hear from the two of them. So, um, the, the Rocket, it was, it was, it was really, really neat. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's so awesome that he took some time to talk with the team, especially, you know, since you, as you said, he went the college route. He didn't go straight into professional baseball, taking the time to go to college and uh, talking with them about his experience. I'm sure that was really beneficial to the team. Well, Evan, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. Virginia Tech Baseball gets the season started this Friday at Charlotte. You'll be on the call on Friday night and you'll be on the call for the rest of the season. Hokies baseball, looking forward to another year. Thank you so much for joining us. Matt, thanks for having me back. Let's do it again soon. And uh, thanks for all you do for giving the coverage. Appreciate you. So that was Evan Hughes, the voice of Virginia Tech baseball, joining us to break down the upcoming season as they get ready to take on Charlotte in Charlotte for a three-game series this weekend, starting today at 4 o'clock. Then after that, they head to Harrisonburg to take on James Madison on Tuesday before they have a first home series next weekend. Uh, Taking a look around the Commonwealth, a couple of other teams have some pretty big series as they kick off their seasons uh, this weekend, starting with number 14, Virginia, who hosts Hofstra in Charlottesville. That game starts at 3 o'clock this afternoon. VCU will be on the road at number 13, NC State, for a series this weekend. That'll start at 3 o'clock. James Madison, who we just mentioned a minute ago, they are on the road to take on number 3, Arkansas. Really tough series for the Dukes to open up the season. That one also first pitch at 3 o'clock. VMI with another tough series to open up the season. They'll head down to Baton Rouge to take on number 4, LSU, also a 3 o'clock first pitch. Uh, We got... George Mason taking on number 18, Coastal Carolina, at 4 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, a lot of games going on around the Commonwealth. A lot of big matchups, teams playing against ranked opponents as they kick off their season. Of course, like we said, Virginia Tech taking on Charlotte. Three-game series in Charlotte, first pitch at 4 o'clock this afternoon. So the college baseball season is finally here. We are excited for it. Uh, We're we're really... uh, over the past couple of years, I've really grown to love and appreciate the sport of college baseball. It's so much fun, so entertaining to watch these games. Of course, spring training for Major League Baseball has started. Pitchers and catchers have reported. A bunch of other players have reported around the league. So that is something to look forward to as the, the teams start coming to their spring training sites in Florida and Arizona. And we get games starting here at the end of the month. That is definitely something to get excited about. So we will be following spring training in the coming weeks as well, but also we're going to be keeping a big eye on college baseball around the Commonwealth. Thanks again to Evan Hughes for joining us on today's episode of the podcast. Really appreciate his insight on Virginia Tech baseball for 2024. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. 